0: Hello and welcome to Profiles in Risk. This is your host Tony Canyas and uh, I think Amanda's already quite laughing at me for for my radio voice Uh, because before we started recording I I was like hey this is Tony. Uh, So this is is your host Tony Canyas with Profiles in Risk. Today I have with me Amanda Cohen, Director of Product at Resolver. So Amanda thank you for joining me today. How's it going?
1: It's great. Thank you so much for having me. I, I do appreciate the change of pitch. As soon as you introduced me, it was helpful to get me excited.
0: <laughs> I, I do. I do my best with the radio voice. I'm sure that I that it's gone by halfway through. Uh, so uh, Amanda is in Toronto, Canada. Uh, fun fact about about, about Canada. I've been to like 65 or 67 countries, have never been to Canada. Really? So,
1: the, it's not that far away from me. Yeah, you.
0: I just have not had an excuse basically. Uh, okay, well, I'm, you're gonna
1: uh, need to make one. It's a pretty I, great
0: country. I, I, I'm sure I will. I, I have heard that uh, and, and uh, we are recording on June 28th. Uh, so at, here in, a, in, a, in Atlanta, Georgia, we have been in a heat wave. Uh, today's the first day that it's not in the nineties. So I might actually brave going outside. Uh, so, uh, normally I would joke about, about, you know, some, some sort of like Eskimo joke or Inuit joke from you being Canada, kind of, since we're recording in June, doesn't make sense. So, so Amanda, we always give the, the guest the chance to, to give the elevator pitch. What, what is Resolver?
1: Great. Yeah. So Resolver is an integrated risk management company that's working to solve the disconnect between risk and the business. So ultimately we recognize that managing risk for any organization is essential, but we think that a lot of organizations are much more aspirational than just managing their risk. They think that they want to do something about it, find the insights and make better decisions based on the risk that they're exposed to. And so with that, we're ultimately trying to amalgamate risk organ- or information from across the organization because risk exists everywhere across your business so that you have a clear picture of what types of risks are impacting your objectives, what's impacting your ability to succeed as an organization, and what we're calling transforming risk management uh, into risk intelligence. Oh, and okay. so
0: I like that. Okay.
1: Huh? Great. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so I guess what we mean by that is, you know, there is risk. Everybody faces risk every single day, whether you're crossing the street, whether you're making an acquisition, whether you're engaging with, you know, trying a new market, whatever that may be. And so in order to make better risk-based decisions, we believe that you have to have that type of information at your fingertips. You have to understand what's happening internal to your business, what's happening externally to your business to really be able to make informed decisions that are based on risk and that bring risk to the forefront of those conversations. Because absent of risk, you're really missing out um, on some critical factors that could impact your ability to succeed.
0: Okay. Okay. So, so, so very much in the ERM side. Very much of, so. Of, yes. Of, of, <laughs> of, the, of the equation. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah. So, so.
1: Predominantly we would sell into uh, enterprise risk management teams, compliance teams, internal audit, incident management. That's kind of our bread and butter. Okay.
0: Okay. So, so among our, our listeners,
1: uh,
0: the, Generally, what we have represented is uh, insurance carrier people who, mm-hmm. who, who live risk, like, like their whole company does risk. And yet, that company also has its own risks to manage. Right. So, so generally, they have a risk management department. They have you know, generally well-developed uh, ERM uh, practices, uh, which I have never worked in that department. Um, and, and then we also have uh, insurance brokers and agents that tend to be smaller companies, uh, let's say usually twenty to forty employees, kind kind of thing, and they probably don't think about about managing the enterprise risk at all. So so how does so so I I'd love to 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 like like. Here, how, how you can help either sides because on the carrier side, definitely. Uh, so let's start with that. So, so, so for 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 our carrier listeners who already have a an established risk man uh, a erm department of of some size,
1: mm-hmm.
0: how can you guys help?
1: Well, so that would traditionally be kind of our. Our primary customer, I would say that's more often who we work with. And the reason we work with risk management teams that are a little bit more established is there's varying degrees of maturity in terms of what you have or what you're required to do from a program perspective. The majority of organizations really are going to be mandated to have some kind of enterprise risk management program in place, however, the varying degree to which you have to have in place is definitely it differs depending on your maturity side of the size of the organization. Um, All of those different factors certainly play in so on the carrier side where you do have that enterprise risk management function. One of the key benefits that we have is that risk is one, looking at your enterprise risk is your holistic view of of risk that you're exposed to as an organization, but you also have regulatory risk. And so you probably also have a compliance team and you're tracking your regulatory obligations in order to operate. And insurance from a regulatory perspective is often really done at like a state level, at a provincial level. It's It's a much more complicated regulatory environment. So there's your regulatory risk, you've got your third party risk, you've got, you know, uh, risks that are coming from incidents that are materializing in your business. And so for the the risks team um, operating at a carrier, what they do is, you know, they're going out and they're talking to people across the business and they're trying to understand you know what type of risks they're exposed to and that might look like an interview they might have to collect some evidence about that they're going out and ultimately they're saying like what controls do you have in place to make sure that risk doesn't materialize in a way that you know is not acceptable for our business but compliance is asking the same thing and audits asking the same thing and so these people within the business are like my goodness i'm so sick of giving you the same answers like why do you t- like why do these teams not talk to each other and so when you start to integrate your risk functions Uh, you know, all those functions that we just started to talk about, we can share insights, you can share some of the testing effort, and really make sure that you've got that comprehensive view of your enterprise risk exposure, as opposed to a siloed view of, you know, who you've talked to, and, and just that area you've been able to prioritize, or, you know, so that integrated view is really where we shine, I think, at the carrier level, where there's a little bit more maturity in these programs. In smaller companies, if they're starting to recognize risk, they're starting to build out their program, um, you might think of your risk management program as like a spreadsheet and it's got 10, 15 risks listed and they're colored red, green, yellow, depending on you know what your exposure looks like. And that's what sits on a slide and that goes out to the business. And that's a really good first place to start. But ultimately, you know, that's someone's idea or interpretation of risk. It's not really a view of what's happening in the business. And so where we help with those smaller programs is a, um, we were recently acquired by a company called Crawl. So we do have a lot of consulting services uh, that we can work with, but like, what is your, how do you grow your your risk program? And so we've got the consulting arm as well as the technology side now, but you know, you've got this small program. You went from this spreadsheet of 10 risks how can we take those and how can we start to understand what's happening in the business? Because we want to make that as easy as possible to engage with the business so that you can really have meaningful insights into what you're expected to do um, and what kind of risks you're being exposed to or emerging risks, things of that nature.
0: Okay, so 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 you, you can work with companies of... of, of Variety of si- of sizes on, on the mm-hmm. risk management. And, and, and Today's episode is sponsored by Talage. For someone who has sold insurance, nothing is more tedious than quoting small commercial policies. And frankly, for many agents, selling small commercial policies is difficult and unprofitable. But then we found Talage, sponsor of the Insurance Nerds podcast. They are an API-based digital distribution platform that's changing commercial insurance. With Talage, you can quote multiple top-rated carriers in less than 10 minutes and get instant quotes. Talage makes commercial insurance quoting the easiest part of the job. If you want to make commercial quoting the easiest part of your day, then check out talageins.com slash insnerds for more info. That's talageins.com slash insnerds for easy commercial quoting. And if you sign up using talageins.com slash insnerds, they'll waive the setup fee. Tell them Tony sent you. Now, back to our show. L- looking looking at, 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 at the website... Um... the 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 platform looks very uh pretty very very modern (laughs) that's uh, the intention (laughs) which is often not the case in 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 business software uh Mm -hmm. so so it it looks it looks very very cool Um,
1: Yeah. And I think that's deliberate. I think not. I think It, it is very deliberate. And the reason for that is so often you're faced with the challenge working with business software and it's cumbersome to use. You don't want to use it. And someone who's in the risk function, who's already maybe got a job that you're not, you're not super excited to go give them the information or engage in that conversation. If we put another hurdle in front of the risk team from collecting that information, we're only making their job harder. So we want to make sure that Every time someone logs into our software, it's no different than checking an app on your phone. It's no different than you know buying that pair of shoes off Amazon. It should be really, really simple to use so that you know exactly what information you need to provide to the risk function. And then you can get on with your day and, and do the things that are really important to the business. And so by design, we've rebuilt all of our software to make it as intuitive as possible recognizing that business software really doesn't need to be as cumbersome as as it has been historically
0: perfect and I, I love this this uh, phrase of risk intelligence in fact fact I, I, I'm like how, how how have we not invented this uh, <laughs> like hey insurance like like we missed out how how have we not invented this idea of risk intelligence because we really should have uh, so 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 what is risk risk intelligence and what it, what is the advantage of of moving from risk management to risk intelligence
1: Well, if you think about managing risk, all you're doing is managing something that happened retroactively. So often risk management programs are when an enterprise risk management team is presenting to the board, to the executive, uh, they're sharing something with a regulator, potentially, they're looking at data that is six months old, three months old, maybe a year old, and they're taking something that was done, an analysis that was collected, interviews that were conducted, and then they're rolling that up and they're saying, you know, here's our risk exposure. Okay, well great, but now all that information is actually irrelevant because there's all these new things that are coming up to the, like in the forefront. And so if you're not regularly thinking about risk, you're not regularly engaging and you're not pulling data from other parts of your organization to understand your exposure, you really don't have a clear picture of what could materialize. And so an example of what, you know, as a software company, we're really heavily focused on is we have a background in risk management, but we also have a background in incident management. And so incident management, uh, when you think about it, it's like, what are all the events that are occurring in your business? It could be complaints, it could be money laundering type transactions. It could be um, like corporate or uh, like physical incidents that are actually happening across your business. And so when we're tracking those, those are all being tracked much more real time. Someone, you know, something went wrong, that complaint came into the system. And so you've got that data visible to you. And so, Let's talk about customer complaints and say, we've got all these insights saying that, you know what, people are not having a great experience when they're trying to work with us in a particular way. However, the risk management program that collected insights six months ago was like, you know what, we are doing great. Our customers love us. Our retention is so high, but like they're not seeing this upward trajectory of all these complaints about this new product, this new service, something that you've introduced. And so your data is disconnected and you're not really able to make a decision about how to make the business better. So when you're pulling real-time insights into your risk management program, you're able to actually propel yourself more towards your objectives than you would be otherwise if you're always looking at data from the past.
0: Okay, so, so it's all about forward-looking uh, around your risks.
1: forward-looking and then internal and external data sources like your risk isn't happening in isolation in your business it's happening outside of your business what just happened to uh, an organization that looks just like you a state over what what about you know other companies in different jurisdictions so if you're not looking at the different types of themes incidents things that are happening you know inside and outside of your business you you don't really have a great grasp of your risk exposure
0: okay One of the things that that has been a challenge in in insurance, other than the regulation being state by state, is our technology has historically been way behind. And and we've invested heavily in the last decade in in catching up, but uh, many carriers still have many legacy systems. Uh, So uh, what's the integration process like, especially since it connects to to the other parts of of the business, not just the ERM side?
1: Yeah, so um, us, like most modern technologies, has open APIs, so we have a variety of different ways that you can connect into our system because we don't need to be the only system that you work with. I think it's a disservice to say that you have to operate out of one system and not out of multiple because your data lives all over the organization. So we have what we call an IPaaS solution, and so that makes integrations really, really simple. You basically kind of drag and drop a couple things and data feeds from one to the other. That's a very like simple way of describing it. And then you can build much more complex integration points. But the intention and, and the idea behind it is really that we don't want to be a singular source of data. We need to connect externally. If not, we can't really give um, a holistic picture of what's happening.
0: Okay. Um, and and, and any, any great success stories, uh, especially from either insurance or financial services. And, and it, what I always t- t- tell guests is, is uh if you can share the company name, if you are allowed to, there's no rule on our site not to if if you're not allowed to then don't.
1: I, I probably am not allowed to, but I will give it to you. It came last week and it's interesting because you're just talking about technology that's maybe a little antiquated that isn't really doing its job. And so one of our customers last week, we were trying to really understand like how do they truly pull what we call key risk indicators and then make better decisions about you know where they should invest in the business. And so uh, the customer pulled up this report and he was like, you know what, historically we used to show this stuff. It didn't really resonate. We had five minutes. We got in we got out. And that was the end of it. Now he's like, I'm producing these types of metrics. And so his example was um, they were looking at air logging error logs from when an employee like incorrectly inputs data into a system, like customer information, you know, theirs was a financial institution. So it was actually trades. Um, but you know, the same type of problem exists with any technology. And so they were looking at the number of errors that were caused across their top six systems that they use. And so the system that they use the most had the most amount of errors. However, the system that was second um, highest in terms of the number of errors only by like two to three percent, like marginal difference, is the system that they use only two percent of the time. And so like, that's absurd. Like, it does um, make sense that this system that you're using for 90% of the Yeah, so the work, system is
0: massively inefficient in, in one way or another. Massively inefficient.
1: Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, okay, now we're making the decision, do we continue to pay for this thing? Do we just transition it over to another system? And so you're looking at it and you're like, okay, this doesn't, it doesn't actually make sense to continue to both pay for this thing and then also have the second most amount of errors that are being like, it's just, they're able to make better decisions because they had the data to say, you know, what's the risk exposure of, you know, um, putting in this information and then having it go incorrectly correctly. And so it was like a very tactical example of how they made use the data that they had within the organization to make a risk-based decision. I, I,
0: I like that uh, it's, in, in insurance, many carriers have systems like that where, where... Uh, maybe we acquired somebody and and you know the, the, we still have some policies on, on their old system or or or, or whatever it, it, It's 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 such a specialty side of the business that that, that uh, you know we haven't invested in improving the, the technology because by, by volume it's the smallest line of business or whatever uh, but but yes if we were to identify that we are wasting just a gigantic amount of... Of employee time, uh, or what, or, or, right? It's causing this great uh, inefficiency. Maybe we do need to get to it faster than than we would have just by the size of the revenue it brings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that's a really great example. Thank you. Um, so, so uh, uh, it, it, it's been great to have you. Uh, th- th- thank, thank you for, for taking the, the, the time to, to chat with me today. Uh, wh- when it goes live, I will tag you on, on LinkedIn and, and, and I will tag the company. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been great.
1: It's been so great having, sorry, it's been really great being here. I'm <laughs> stumbling over my words, but thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed talking with you today.
0: Thank you.